Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all, to feel strong and confident in their bodies, as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So let's jump in. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Fit and Free podcast. I am so happy to be sitting down and recording this episode for you guys because it's a little bit of a controversial topic. First of all, I have to say that I am so grateful for you and for you being here. Like some of the feedback I have gotten from the last episodes have just been so heartwarming. And there was like one message in particular that literally made me cry because I was like, oh my God, this is literally what I live for is like really helping active females like fuel their bodies correctly and really train properly and, you know, ditching all these crazy diet mentalities because we really don't need to do all these things in order to see results. So that kind of ties in nicely into today's episode and we are going to be talking about reverse dieting. And this is this whole concept in and around reverse dieting is like I see it on social media all the time and it's been marketed as this remedy, say, to a slow metabolism that's absolutely is the way that you're going to lose weight. But after doing my own critical thinking about it and also, you know, diving into the research in and around it, it was actually really interesting what I came to the conclusions of. And that's exactly what we're talking about today. So the first thing that I want to say to this is that the reverse dieting actually stemmed from the dieting industry, stemming from marketing rather than stemming from research. So I thought that was a really interesting thing to pull up because I was like, okay, cool. This is actually coming from, you know, not science-backed principles, but more of like practical what people are doing. So if you're not familiar what reverse dieting is, all reverse dieting is, is a post-dieting eating strategy that slowly increases your calories over weeks or months from your calorie deficit back up to maintenance. It's proclaimed to help you prevent weight regain as you return back to those normal calories. And the reason for this proclaimed effect is because it's claimed to be a remedy for metabolic adaptation. And if you're not familiar what metabolic adaptation is, I will be talking about that in this today's episode. But just briefly here, what it is, it's your body's natural response to dieting. So when you go on a calorie deficit, you're eating less than what you're burning. The body is freaking smart, right? Like it's, think about it like when you get hot, we sweat. When we get cold, we shiver. When we eat in a calorie deficit, the body adapts to that. So what the body will do, it will decrease your energy levels. It will reduce your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So without you even realizing, you're going to be moving around less. And also, it also interferes with our hormones, it interferes with our digestive system, and it interferes with so many other physiological responses, depending on how long you are in that calorie deficit. So super normal, everyone's going to get metabolic adaptation as they diet. The problem lies is with chronic restriction, and I do want to mention that now, because you know, if you are dieting for a really long period of time and, you know, you're not feeding yourself enough carbohydrates and enough fats, 
then we're at risk of developing like long-term side effects of metabolic adaptation, which is symptoms of relative energy deficiency. And this is this whole concept of low energy availability. And this is where people are losing their periods. People are, their digestive system is really slow. It's, you know, being really irritable and having no energy and just being in this chronic state of that low energy. And that's really where like a big problem lies. Okay. So let's bring it back to weight loss and this reverse dieting concept. So what happens when you diet? Okay. So depending on your starting point, and I do have to say this because it's super important to understand. A lot of people are like, yeah, it's my slow metabolism. Yeah, I, my metabolism is the reason why I can't lose weight. A lot of the time it's actually not your slow metabolism. Unless you are struggling from a chronic state of low energy availability, like you don't have your period, you know, you are really irritable, you have no energy and you are sticking to those really low calories for a long period of time, then yes, you absolutely need to heal that. However, if you're coming from a place of like, yeah, you've like restricted yourself, but then you've been eating a lot and you've just gone like really carefree and like whatever. And then like you restricted yourself a little bit and then you're carefree, like really, I'm going to drop the bomb here of like the classic yo-yo dieter. Then this is genuinely what happens when you lose weight is initially we see the progress. It's like, yeah, I'm losing weight in my calorie deficit. This is all well and good. This is not even that bad. A few weeks go on. Then eventually what happens is your total daily energy expenditure decreases. So the amount of calories that you're naturally burning in a day, you'll see a decrease because what happens is the body's already starting its natural mechanism to counteract the low calories. It's going to decrease your need. It's going to decrease like the amount you're fidgeting, the amount you're moving, the amount you're, you know, getting up and moving around. So your weight loss will start to slow down. Then, of course, as time goes on, because what's happening when you're in that calorie deficit, a hormone called leptin is decreasing, which means it increases your hunger and it makes you feel more lethargic. So on top of the slowing rate of the weight loss, the fat loss, you then start to feel more hungry and slowing of progress. So what does that then tend to do to people? That tends to absolutely, it decreases motivation to stick to it. It decreases self-efficacy of following the program. So a little bit more sneaks in here, a little bit more extra there. So overall, you, you then get those feelings of like, I'm failing, I'm not good enough, X, Y, and Z, you know? So this is the natural response, right? If you have a reasonable calorie deficit, right? On the other hand, if you are, you know, participating in an aggressive diet and I'm going to use, you know, 1200 calories or below, absolutely an aggressive diet, you may be noticing signs and symptoms of the relative energy deficiency. Things like low libido, things like, you know, disruption of your menstrual cycle, so when you get to like these marks in terms of losing motivation, not wanting to like keep going because you feel like you're not getting anywhere, or you know, you've got these signs and symptoms of relative energy deficiency, then like technically there's three places you can go here. One, we're at a plateau of weight loss, right? The body is naturally counteracting the deficit, we're at a plateau. So we need to make change in order to keep the fat loss happening. 
Number one, lowering your calories is an option. Number two is increasing your exercise. Number three is taking that break. And I see this quite often. It's like, you know, the people who are aggressive dieting, you know, eating those 1200 calories and, you know, don't have their menstrual cycle and, you know, have really low energy and irritable and their digestive system is shit and, (laughs) how's the pun, and they're just not feeling really good in their body. They think to themselves, they're like, oh my God, I can't lower my calories anymore. I can't increase my exercise anymore. I'm already doing so much. I'm already struggling so much. Stick to these calories. And I'm so afraid of what will happen if I eat less because these symptoms, I just feel like they're going to be exacerbated and everything's just going to get worse. Which, fair, it's true, right? So this is where this whole thing about reverse dieting emerged from. It emerged from people who were getting to these really low body fat percentages. And I'm talking now to physique athletes, right? Like physique athletes are getting down to like 5%, 8% body fat. And they wanted to create a system in a way that they could, you know, increase their food intake again without necessarily putting on body fat in the process. They wanted to reverse all these signs and symptoms from relative energy availability. And it has been really, really popular because of a few claims that it has made. The first one, it's claimed to fix a damaged metabolic rate, which is heavily marketed on social media. It's like, you know, your metabolism is so slow, you need to reverse diet, and this is the way that you're going to be successful with your weight loss. If you don't reverse diet, then you're not going to, you know, fix your metabolism that's damaged, and then, you know, be successful with your weight loss. And that's the thing, guys, is that you have to understand is that your metabolism is never, quote unquote, damaged. Because when we were saying damaged, that's giving us the idea that it's not reversible. When in fact, we know metabolic adaptation is adapting, right? So that means it's actually, as we eat less, our metabolism adapts to that. However, when we start to eat more, the opposite thing occurs, When a person transitions from an energy deficit to a calorie intake that supports weight management, the non-specific proportion of metabolic adaptation is reversed. The other claimed real benefit for why people are doing it, because it's claimed to, you know, help the unfavorable hormone changes observed during weight loss in the absence of fat regain. And this is something that I really want to speak to and I'm really excited about because like, The thing is, is that metabolic adaptation is actually occurring for two separate reasons. The first one is in the presence of a calorie deficit, absolutely. But the second reason why metabolic adaptation is occurring is because there's a decrease in fat tissue. Fat tissue actually stimulates leptin in the body. And when there's a decrease in that fat tissue, it is going to interrupt that process. So yes, like the reverse dieting is all well and good in theory, but one particularly large oversight of most reverse dieting narratives is that they completely ignore the impact of body fat. So as I spoke about just before in terms of metabolic adaptation is primarily driven by drops in leptin and leptin is responsible to both short-term and long-term energy status. Many reverse dieting approaches make it seem like an extra, you know, 50 to 100 calories 
is going to radically change the physiological state of your body. And, you know, with those galleries, all of a sudden send leptin through the roof, thereby reversing a wide range of adaptations without any need to regain the fat mass that was lost. So the major problem with this concept is that, you know, like I said, that leptin is actually produced by our fat cells and they are downregulated when they start to shrink and when we start to lose a lot of weight. And like we have to be really grateful for this process, what I think is because this is, again, the body being super smart and it's one of its natural mechanisms by which the human body defends body weight, you know, loss and regain as described by the dual intervention point model of weight regulation. This whole model of this weight regulation is that we have a lower point and we have a higher point and the body does like to stay within this range of body fat. And this is this whole concept. And if you never done a calorie surplus before, it's like, it is really, really hard to gain weight. And that might be really hard for you to understand if you're, you know, but what, I can't lose weight. Once you nail the basics of calorie deficit maintenance, you know, surplus, weight loss becomes actually quite simple. And when you have a healthy relationship with food, most importantly, so once you build that and once you're in this space of then trying to put on weight in terms of like trying to eat in a calorie surplus is really difficult because the body, again, doesn't like to be in those numbers. And the reason why I wanted to explain that to you is because like, that's the thing is like the body is naturally going to try and do anything and everything to get you back into that homeostasis level. So if someone is well below their intervention point in terms of in those low levels of body fat, then the hypothalamus is going to try every trick in the book to conserve energy. And there is no evidence to suggest that reverse dieting can overcome that powerful biological response to diminishing fat stores. It is really important to understand that everyone is going to have a different upper and lower interventional point, but there's no getting around the fact that the current body fat level is an important regulator of the physiological changes we associate with metabolic adaptation. Another benefit that is claimed about reverse dieting is that how it prevents regain weight in the future and facilitates a smoother transition to a maintenance phase. And again, the research says that it doesn't actually appear so. Because when you understand the numbers and understand where your body is at and what your body needs, it's what you can actually look at as reverse dieting. And this is how I look at reverse dieting is, All reverse dieting is, is actually a prolonged calorie deficit to get you back up into maintenance calories, right? Like the true definition of maintenance calories is energy balance. You're now eating as much as what you're burning. So you're not going to gain weight because you're in that energy balance, If you're coming from a place of under eating and restricting and like you have had, you know, signs and symptoms of low energy availability, then what you have to look at is weight gain there for you. And fat gain is probably going to be a good thing to regulate your hormones again. 
Like we need the stimulus of leptin to get these metabolic processes happening. And I always like to say that is that if your starting point is an unhealthy level of body fat and you actually need to gain weight, body fat to be healthy, then that's absolutely a good thing. If you're using a reverse diet just to come out of a calorie deficit and back up to maintenance in hopes of, you know, reversing all these signs and symptoms and, you know, not gaining a bunch of fat, then you actually have to think about that. It's like, well, is that then actually just a waste of time? And I want to give an example of this because I understand like reverse dieting can give you that perception of like, oh, I went from this calories at this body weight and then I, you know, reverse back up and then now I'm eating over my maintenance calories. So I built my metabolism up. I want to give you a little bit of example of how that can actually be like a misconception of that actually not being true. So as an example, I want you to consider someone who reaches their weight loss goal and decides they want to shift back more into a sustainable calorie target. So at the end of their diet, their total daily energy expenditure, so their maintenance calories, say, is 2,600. So this person is going straight from their calorie deficit straight back into maintenance at that 2,600. Their accumulative energy balance over the next 16 weeks is neutral because they've just gone from the deficit to maintenance. Because energy intake matches energy expenditure every single day. Now taking another person and they decide to do a 16 week reverse diet. Okay. Starting at a daily calorie target of 2,225, right? So just a little bit more than what they were dieting on, not jumping straight up back up to maintenance and increasing their daily target by 50 calories a day every single week. Over 16 weeks, they build their energy intake from 2,225 to 2,975, okay? And this is the kicker. This is the most important thing here, right? Since they approach their calorie increases so slowly, they were actually still in a calorie deficit until week nine and steadily ramped up their energy surplus for the remainder of the six-week period. As a result, cumulative energy balance over the entire 16-week window was perfectly neutral as well. So those increased calories towards the end were made up for in the decrease leading up to it. Again, being an energy balance. So you get this perceived of like, oh, I increased my calories to this. However, this is the thing. If you constantly kept doing that over time, you will end up creating a calorie surplus and then gaining weight. Whereas if you're just sticking at those maintenance calories, then you will stay in that energy balance. And this is the thing, right? It's like the person perceived as a boring maintenance phase where nothing really interesting happened against the person in scenario B who reversed diet perceived it as an exciting process because they were seeing their calories increase and getting above to what they were maintaining before. The only reason they were able to get above what they were maintaining before is because they were eating in a calorie deficit before it. So with all of that being said, it's I really just want to summarize this and just some, some real tangible points for you guys. 
in the fact that do you have to reverse diet after you do a calorie deficit? My answer is no. What you do have to do is you have to find your maintenance calories and sit there. Because, like, think about it logically. Like, we're in a population where we're not bodybuilders. It's not our, you know, it's, we don't really want to be sitting down and calculating everything single calorie to a T. And, like, think about it. Like, do you want to monitor your food and increase your calories every single day by 50? Like, who wants to do that? <laughs> and that's the thing with reverse dieting. It's, it's pretty tedious and it's pretty, like, you've got to be onto it and you've got to be sticking to it in order to get that successful result right? In comparison to, you know, doing a calorie deficit and then just going straight to maintenance calories and sitting there, it's like, oh, that's easier. And the other thing is like, I want to speak to is this whole maintenance calories thing. It's maintenance calories is, I like to say it's a bit of a window, right? And you've got a bit of a room to play with because you're not going to be burning exactly the same amount of calories every single day. And The thing is, is that when you start, you go from your calorie deficit and you go back into maintenance, it's like, you know, there's going to be a fluctuation in terms of like how much you're going to be able to be eating. We're also going to have that beautiful effect of getting your energy back and increasing your need and increasing your chaining performance and increasing your libido. Your digestion is going to improve. Your, all of the amazing things that come with eating more food is going to happen. So your maintenance calories might even increase from this increase of energy expenditure as well. So yes, all reverse dieting really is, is a prolonged calorie deficit. (laughs) I'd love to say that. So like, but then anytime I increase my calories, I just gain weight. Like, why is that happening? So I just wanted to answer that question as well, where a lot of people are going wrong with this. So the first one I'm going to say is compliance, compliance of sticking to it. There was a study about entering things into my fitness pal or even just like keeping food diaries and really being like actually honest with yourself in terms of how much you're actually eating. I can't remember the exact numbers of this study, but there was dietitians who were tracking their food and even dietitians themselves were not accurately putting in what they were eating into the app whether it was because they just forgot whether it was because it wasn't an accurate entry into my fitness pal whether it was like oh i'm just at this birthday party and i'm just going to eat that cake and i'm not going to worry about tracking it becomes an issue so compliance of dieting is a big problem and like let's be honest like it's hard to be in a calorie deficit you got to be you know you got to have a little bit of healthy level of discipline in order to actually reach that goal The next place where I see people going wrong as well is not getting their numbers correct. So overshooting maintenance, actually eating more than what they're actually burning. And often this comes paired with people who are going through really, really restrictive diets, like, you know, putting themselves in that low energy availability state, putting their, you know, body at risk of developing these health issues, then to go back up into maintenance calories, Sometimes to actually heal that, you actually do need to eat more and in a calorie surplus to make sure your body gets back to that optimal state. Another thing that I see people going really wrong with all of this is that they're only focusing on calories and they're not focusing on macros. 
because the problem lies is that if you're only focusing on calories with these numbers, like creating a calorie deficit with calories only, and then coming back up into maintenance calories, if you're looking to change your body composition, this is where macros are more important. I'm not going to say more important. They're exactly the same. They're as important as each other in terms of changing your actual body composition. When you're focusing on just low calories and then also pairing that with cardio, that is the definition of losing weight in the form of body fat and in the form of muscle mass. So what will happen is when you go into this calorie deficit, you'll lose weight. And then when you come back into maintenance, you just put it back on without that effect of body recomposition. And that's why it's really important if this is happening to you, that fluctuation, you know, you lose weight, you put it back on, you lose weight, you eat more and put it back on. It's like so many people are going wrong there. So what you need to be focusing on is actually fat loss and not weight loss. Because when you're focusing on fat loss, what happens is you choose the right mode of exercise and the right macros to make sure you drop fat and maintain your lean muscle in comparison to weight loss, where you're just losing weight in the form of muscle and fat and then just putting that back on. So what does that then look like? So your calorie deficit needs to have the right macros in terms of you need to be eating enough protein to maintain your lean muscle mass when you're going through that fat loss phase. If you're not eating enough protein, then you're going to be at risk of losing muscle during the process. The second thing that you need to do is you need to prioritize resistance training again to make sure you're maintaining that lean muscle mass when you go through that calorie deficit. If you're just, you know, exercising to burn calories and doing HIIT and cardio, again, you're at risk of losing muscle mass as well as fat mass when you go through that calorie deficit. So then you're still not going to be happy with what you look like because your muscle mass is still going to be lower than your fat tissue. And again, when you go to eat more, when you increase your maintenance calories, again, your body composition shouldn't necessarily change too much when you go back into those maintenance calories, but you're still not going to be happy with what you look like because your muscle mass is still lower than that fat tissue. So it's really, really important to understand that piece. And then the last thing of all of it is, I see it all the time in terms of like, you know, people going through these crash diets or these gym challenges or whatever, and then they counteract that with overshooting their maintenance calories. And this is one of the biggest problems with these gym challenges and any sort of crazy restrictive diets is that, you know, you complete the diet, you do the 12 weeks, and then what do you do when the diet's over? You're like, yeah, I'm going to go to the after party. I'm going to, you know, go eat all the food that I wasn't allowed to have. And then there's this period of like overshooting your maintenance calories, which is one of the biggest reasons why people are putting on the weight again. Like just in those, you know, two, three weeks of just overshooting the maintenance is a reason why they're back at square one. (laughs) And this is why I'm such an advocate of not doing these crazy, you know, even gym challenges, any sort of restrictive diet that's going to tell you that you can't have something because that's the rebound effect. In comparison to knowing your deficit calories and knowing how to include all your favorite foods while you do it, then, you know, transitioning back into your maintenance without having to do the reverse diet to, you know, sustain that result. 
So I really hope this gives you a bit of insight in like what actually reverse dieting is and like what it's proclaimed to, you know, fix. And just to give you some insight in terms of like you don't have to reverse diet, but you may have to spend some time at maintenance calories, especially, you know, if you're coming from that period of restriction, if you're coming from that period of low energy availability in terms of you need to heal your metabolic processes, you need to come out and fix that energy deficit, then you don't have to reverse diet out there. You just have to spend time at maintenance calories. Then once you're in that really, really healthy state and once your body feels good and once you feel good and big thing here, I think as well is once you're ready to psychologically to go back into a calorie deficit, because going into a calorie deficit is hard, especially if you do not have a healthy relationship with food, because what happens is it just exacerbates all those feelings of restriction again and, you know, it makes you feel really shit. So that's why it's really important to have that healthy relationship with food before you even think about dieting again. Um, it's super, super important. So send me a DM. Let me know what you think. Love to hear it always. Take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram story so we can get this podcast out to every active female to learn how to fuel their bodies correctly. Love to see it. Thank you for being here as always and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. The number one challenge that all my clients face before we start working together is a lack of clarity on how much and what to eat to lose weight. Often they are making two huge mistakes, constantly trying to skip meals or eat under 1600 calories. Secondly, only allowing themselves bad foods like chocolate on the weekend, but end up binging all to tell themselves they're going to start again on Monday. If you feel like you have tried every diet under the sun and still can't figure out what to eat to achieve your weight loss goals, take my free two minute quiz. You can find the link in the show notes down below and it will help you figure out exactly what you're doing wrong with your nutrition and exercise and exactly what to do to fix it so that you can finally be confident in your body and achieve your weight loss goals.